Welcome to episode 13 of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the podcast that will repel itself into the basement of your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> this is Matthew here, and uh, also here is Adam. Hello. Hi. Uh, <laughs> the basement of my heart is the best part of my heart. <laughs> it's where all the neat junk is. <laughs> oh, it's man. where you want to be. Yeah. I wonder if oh, I've, if I've ever been to the basement of your heart before. <laughs> many times many times i wonder if i repelled or just like tripped and fell in like a puddle <laughs> you just you fell down the stairs into the basement <laughs> of my heart. they didn't put the baby gate up for me you hurt your smageggy <laughs> i did smageggy. hurt my smageggy that reminds me of uh that last summer that i was living uh at our undergrad school and we had collected all these boxes so i could like box up my shit to move and instead of doing that, we took all of them, put them in the bottom of our like steep staircase, and we're jumping backwards down the stairs onto them. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember if you jumped, but now I have a vague memory of it. Yeah, uh, rolling down stairs in boxes was something I loved to do as a young kid. <laughs> rolling down the hills in a box. Oh yeah. Uh, my cousins had a dog, and we would roll down their stairs and like wrapped in blankets and <laughs> wait for the dog to growl and attack at the of the it was the most fun game that we ever played this this uh, this is uh sort of related but uh our mutual friend bart i remember in fourth grade i was over at his house and a couple other kids and us we were all we all had sleeping bags over our heads so that like our heads were where the feet were and we play we're playing worms for some reason <laughs> but that amounted to us ramming our trying to like ram our heads into each other's sides and not like bonk heads and Bart hit his head off of an exercise bike and like like his head got the hugest fucking welt. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's what uh, Frank and Charlie do when they play Nightcrawlers? <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> when was the last time we played Nightcrawlers together, Frank? Uh, we got to play Nightcrawlers, Charlie. I'm trying to think of what else that Philly. game would be. Always sunny in Philadelphia, people. Yeah, if you don't know that, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Got some kind of some kind of problem. So, how are you this week, sir? A little rough. Uh, I'm off to see the doctor tomorrow. Um, nothing like emergent, like, but uh, just to try and help maintain things. Yeah. Um, You're gonna fix your schmageggy. Yeah, I gotta fix that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it. It must be like a doctor time of year. Because Saturday I have to get a dental thing done, and then next Wednesday I'm getting what I have come to refer to as an ass roto rooter, <laughs> a colonoscopy. Yeah, colonoscopy. <laughs> I had a throat roto rooter last year. How was that? It was weird and scary. Were you unconscious? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I you would hope so. Can you imagine be being conscious late. for it? Like ah. <laughs> They put this like horrible, uncomfortable plastic thing in my mouth. And oh God! I was like, "Oh God, how am I going to be able to stand this?" And then they put. <laughs> they said they were going to put the drugs in my system, and next thing I know, I was awake in the, <laughs> in the just uh, totally recovery area. Oh man, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, normally. And what I mean is I'm not looking forward to the anesthesia. Normally when I shove a hose with a camera on it up my ass, I'm awake. 
<laughs> and yes, that is a joke. I'm not looking forward to it in any way whatsoever. But yeah, so hopefully that goes well. Fun, fun. <laughs> and this is, by the way, folks, normally we record on Saturdays, but we're recording on a weeknight this week because this past Saturday I was busy. So we might be a little bit more loop loopy. We might be a little bit more boring. I hope it's the loopy. So far, I it, we, we seem to have pretty good banter tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We It's the lack of sleep and having... It's from getting our ass kicked all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually Adam and I's job. Like, they just literally kick us in the ass like everyone else in our companies. Yeah, I need to find something else. I need to find <laughs> something where I kick somebody else's ass for a change. <laughs> or at least, like, upgrade to getting slapped in the mouth. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what did we watch for this week? This week we watched Graham Canyon and, uh, what, Stu... Maker's <laughs> Elves. Do Makers Elves. The season finale. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> these are some pretty good episodes. I like them. Yeah, they're good. They're not, I don't know if they're my favorites, but they're stronger, stronger episodes for the second half of season one. Because as we said, the second half kind of finishes week, well, finishes week compared to the first half. And like you said, the front half is so loaded. Like those first like six or seven episodes, there is not a weak link that I can think of offhand. No, no. Uh, yeah, the first... Really, the only one that I would say isn't a good episode is Fluffy versus Spike. Yeah, um, of the entire season. Even the yeah, episodes it, that I thought were weaker, like the trial and like weaning Tommy were a lot better than I remembered. Yeah, they're definitely uh, pretty good. I don't know if I was looking forward to uh, watching at least weaning Tommy, but I did like it. Yeah, better on this uh, rewatch. Uh... That's some distinct commentary right there. Uh. <laughs> so the Graham Canyon by uh, this one was written by Craig Bartlett. Uh, you probably know as the creator of Hey Arnold. And uh, in this one, the Pickles family brings Angelica along for a trip to the Grand Canyon. After Angelica draws some new roads on their map, they take a wrong turn and hit a strategic pothole dug by two predatory mechanics. Can Ace and Eddie bleed these yuppies dry before Tommy puts the fear of God into them? <laughs> you know, this is this is the uh, the setup for so many horror movies. <laughs> I mean, you've got the Hills Have Eyes, sort of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a there's an Australian film called Wolf Creek. Uh, it, just so many. The setup could could lead to murder, but we're watching a show for babies, so. What you're saying is I should have made a rug wraiths about this one. <laughs> hey, there's no reason we can't go back. <laughs> yeah, we can do future rug wraiths based on older episodes we've yeah. covered before. Let's take the concepts and put them together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, this is a good one. Uh, this is one I, I it's was never one of my favorites. I like it, but it's definitely an enjoyable rewatch. Yeah, this one, uh, it starts out with Tommy playing with a little car that has a, a license plate on it that says Tommy's. <laughs> I didn't see wonder, that. Which makes me wonder if Stu made this for him. You would assume. Or at least a sticker. And he's also going vroom vroom, which is a cute little <laughs> Rugrats touch. And Angelica is talking to Cynthia and saying things like Cynthia, everybody wants to play with you, but only I get to. And uh, this is the first episode with Cynthia in it. They introduce her weird little doll before they introduce her mom. 
Holy shit, I never thought about that. You're right, this is the first episode. How did it never hit me? Is this the, the rest of the season, like, is so good that I never even considered the fact that Cynthia's missing? I mean, how many other episodes after this does she not have that fucking weird doll? Yeah, I know, she's so iconic. <laughs> it's like, it may as well be, like, her arm, like, or grafted onto her hand. But, uh, yeah, Tommy, of course, can't say Grand Canyon, and that's how we get where our uh, title, The Graham Canyon, and Angelica screams to ask what it is. And she has a great reaction that made me laugh really hard. Dee Dee explains that it's, um, well, it's an enormous big place with red walls and a little water in the middle. And when we get there, we'll ride donkeys to the bottom. And Angelica's just like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And also funny bit of animation here at the beginning as they're pulling away the way that Drew is waving. He like extends his arm and his like elbow is hinged a couple times and his wrist moves a couple times. Like it's like as few frames of animation as possible. I didn't notice. I, I... It's 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 not super noticeable, but it's it's if you're watching it obsessively, it's comical enough that you, you will get a laugh of it upon looking back. This uh, episode, uh, a little off note, the way they draw Tommy in this one <laughs> is the way I like them to draw Tommy. <laughs> Please explain, sir. But I agree with you, but please explain. <laughs> He's like, a, I don't know. He just looks a little more lumpy. He looks <laughs> <laughs> looks a little more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nervous, lumpy Tommy. And also we get the drool moment, which uh, we will come to in a moment here, which is one of the greatest shots of the series. <laughs> <laughs> Stu also has a vanity plate on his car that's like inventor. Oh, yeah, that's right. so yeah as you alluded to in your description of the episode they're driving through arizona and angelica has drawn all over the map in purple which is the same color as the road that they should be on and it conveniently drives them by the exact markers such as the devil's armchair as well as the uh the uh the this dirt road starvation creek road which takes them down these like thin mountain canyonous roads <laughs> and like it looks like one part they're driving up across like wooden boards that are like holding it up and, like, <laughs> all this other stuff and they eventually of course hit a pothole that has been strategically dug by ace and what's the other one ace and eddie ace and eddie the two less than what's the word i'm looking for uh, less than honest yes less than honest <laughs> less than reputable mechanics and to so they can entrap people traveling okay do you since you knew uh walter brennan the last time there was a iconic old person voice yeah do you know who they're copying with eddie it sounds really fucking familiar i hear i've heard it in a lot of different places yeah do you know what it is because i don't no. offhand okay no i was hoping you did i was hoping it was another like western it sounds like a western voice. we don't go down there ace i reckon eddie <laughs> <laughs> it's my horrible impression before they even get to the dirt road tommy's just looking at the window at telephone poles and he goes <laughs> is this the Graham canyon one and even a funnier like lead into that is Dee Dee says, look how beautiful Tommy. And Stu says, Tommy's a pretty lucky guy to be seeing the world at his age. Cut to POV of Tommy and it's literally just like the door with the telephone poles and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Great moment. So, yeah, they end up at this uh, diner slash garage 
And something that I have noticed having been to diners, uh, it seems like they're from Stu, from Stu's read. There's a million different things on this menu <laughs> that you wouldn't want at like a diner <laughs> in the middle of nowhere without <laughs> probably a good supply of fresh food. Especially, what was it, like a Salmon Benedict or something like that? A salmon a la King, whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, and especially, like, when we'll talk to, about it more when we get to the end of the episode, yeah. <laughs> where they end up. <laughs> also a seafood-related thing, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, the waitress of the establishment accidentally, with her wobbly old lady hands, drops a pie onto uh, Dee Dee's uh, chest and gets, gets it all over her. <laughs> And is dragged back to the kitchen to be cleaned off. And this, of course, was too distracted by the menu, gives Tommy and Angelica the chance to escape and explore. Sorry, honey. These old hands just ain't what they used to be. That's a great voice. Old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. <laughs> Cut the shot of man dropping his pants in The Simpsons. <laughs> and shuffling back and forth. <laughs> old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. There's like a video on YouTube or something of that for like an hour. Just <laughs> we, we've already talked about hour long YouTube videos. Oh yeah. Whoever does though, there there are so many of them now that whoever does them is just like a hero. And uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to having worked with video and audio, I'm just trying to picture like the export times of this. But well, maybe it wouldn't be so bad because they're not like cutting a whole bunch of other clips in. It's literally the same clip repeating. But the length of some of them, I've seen some stuff, some stuff that's like 10 hours long. I'm just trying to picture how long it would take to export. But anyway, so Tommy is dragging Angelica around by the arm and Angelica's like, wait a minute, where are we going? And they end up in the, as Tommy sees it, the Graham Canyon. Yeah, which is a bunch of tires piled up along the sides of the garage where Ace and Eddie are, uh, have already fixed Stu's car. Already found the problem, Ace. Loose distributor cap. Fixed her. Uh, what do you say we put in a whole new engine, Eddie? Well, I reckon that'd cost a bundle, Ace. Yeah, I reckon that's the idea, Eddie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're also glossing over. I mentioned the drool thing. Um, as they first get there, Tommy wanders away as his bottles fall out of Dee Dee's purse, and he manages to round the corner to look into the garage. And there's this moment where his mouth opens, and he's like doing a <gasps> kind of like sound, and then drool slowly starts dribbling out of his mouth. <laughs> That's no place for you, sweetheart. Great little moment. If we're talking about great little moments, I like when she sits him down and she's like, here, Tommy, and hands him a saltine, which he just <laughs> completely shoves in his mouth. Yeah. Here, sweetie. When I was a little kid, like, I always asked my mom about that. I was like, he only has one tooth. How is he eating a cracker? <laughs> <laughs> it gets wet and mushy. Yeah, it gets wet and mushy. I thought maybe it was like some kind of special baby cracker that I wasn't aware of, but there's a whole thing of saltines in front of them. So again, dumb little kid, or at least trying to make logic out of something where there is none. <laughs> you didn't have any baby friends because you'd be surprised about them eating crackers. <laughs> <laughs> they all thought I was an idiot because I didn't know about babies eating crackers, among other things. I don't remember if I ate crackers at that age. Did you have baby friends, Adam? 
Yeah, but I had like young relatives. Oh, okay, so you cheated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have an Angelica? Uh, I mean, kind of. I guess. <laughs> Not a girl. Just but, but one of your cousins Angelica. or something. Yeah. Did he beat you all up with a baseball bat? <laughs> no, but I did get beat up with a baseball bat when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, we can't leave that hang. Please explain. Well, uh, there was this neighbor kid who was like <laughs> crazy <laughs> older than me, probably like four or five years older than me. I'm just he... let me cut you off really quick. You said four or five years older than you. I'm imagining you as Tommy's age and a five <laughs> or six year old beating you up with a baseball bat. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, I was over at his house in his room playing Mario Brothers 3 on his NES. And I guess uh, <laughs> it was time for me to leave. He was getting sick of me being there. As I'm leaving, he gets his baseball bat and starts hitting me with it. Oh, God. <laughs> Not only did he want you to leave, he wanted you to never come back, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. I played Mario too long, I guess. You were too good at it for him. He was upset when you found the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a babysitter once when I was little and my friend and I showed her how to get the first whistle in Mario three or like we 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 didn't we eventually showed her. But we we uh, we said what it was and she goes, show me how you get whistle. (laughs) I don't know. I imagine she's like (laughs) coming over from like Iran. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) English, I assume, was her first language, but she show me how you get whistle. (laughs) oh man so yeah anyway they go into the Graham canyon which as we've said is the tires in the garage and they decide to climb these tires to get to the donkeys at the top and upon re-watching this all i can think is like if they fell in there and got trapped and no one could hear these kids (laughs) (laughs) and tires to begin with i mean what you get like they get filled with like stagnant water which probably isn't as big of a deal in a desert but then there's like snakes and spiders and Bugs, scorpions. scorpions. <laughs> a loose distributor cap. <laughs> loose distributor cap. Which is my favorite part of a car. That reminds me of something that I would have asked for in a prank call to an auto place. For years, uh, I would prank call places and ask if, uh, excuse me, I would say that I thought something was wrong with the Grombin on my car. Yeah, I was calling for my car needed to get a new Grombin. What? <laughs> like, I said that once, and then someone's like, do you mean the grommet switch? And then I just went, like, really, really quiet and just hung up because I had no conception that anything would sound vaguely like grompin. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I noticed the theme now. There's at least three episodes in the first season where they have, like, old characters or, like, characters' voices based on old-timey people where they get spooked by what they think are ghosts <laughs> you've got okay. candy bar creep show with uh, yeah grandpa lou yep you've got uh the uh mama trauma with uh walter brand in parody <laughs> he thinks the ghost is uh running his uh floor my dude shucka <laughs> <laughs> it, i guess it was more like a floor buffer or something i don't remember yeah yeah and then uh ace and eddie when uh Tommy and uh, Angelica start uh, making odd noises and <laughs> grabbing things, turning switches on in the car. Yeah, and we're not. And th- this is after they're climbing. But a- a- something I-, I actually really like the scene where they're kind of going around like the ledge on the tires. 
and like they reach like a a, a, a quote unquote flat portion, and Angelica's like, "What a view!" And I'm not <laughs> sure if the camera pulls back, but she's literally I counted. She's standing on five tires, <laughs> like <laughs> in this dirty garage. And then she rides Kami like he's a donkey. Yeah, because there are no donkeys at the top of this Graham Canyon. Giddy up! Not so sure a one-year-old can support <laughs> the weight of a three-year-old, but this is cartoons, baby. Yeah, cartoons, baby. And we get another another trope of the first uh, first season, and that's a well-placed hook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as all the tires begin collapsing, as Angelica's riding Tommy, uh, their tire gets hooked on it. They swing on it, land in the car, beep the horn, and this this begins the, cha- the a chaos scene of sorts that uh, spooks Ace and Eddie into thinking that there's a ghost. Yeah, they, they turn on the windshield wipers, uh, <laughs> a tire lands on Eddie, and I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but when the car starts moving, it's slowly <laughs> creeping towards Eddie. In the like, background! Gonna, gonna press him against the wall like, <laughs> uh, like Mel Gibson's wife in Signs. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. It's been a long time. I didn't remember it, but it, like I, I, I know the trope. Um, if you move the the cars, the pressure of the car is the only thing keeping her alive. <laughs> <laughs> there was an episode of I think Hercules or Xena from back in the day where someone had a big boulder that collapsed on them, and like, well, if we move it, you'll die. <laughs> like it was a big build up to it, but but yeah, that that was great. It's it's just so subtly in the background and and initially there is something happening in the foreground. I think it's Ace uh slipping on the uh the tire lube or whatever it was as the car is slowly about to murder. <laughs> Eddie. Oh I'm man. Just, I'm just thinking of a boulder so heavy in the metaphor- metaphorical sense that Hercules can't lift it. <laughs> <laughs> Because it will kill someone. <laughs> Speaking of Hercules, that Kevin Sorbo guy is kind of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> they all are. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all those Herculeses. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a cute little moment here where Angelica says, Come on, Tommy. Come on, Cynthia. Let's go eat lunch. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after the chaos has happened, and this is another episode where Angelica is like mean to Tommy, but it all it's 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 almost more like the the pilot where she's actively working with him at the same time. Yeah, they're almost almost friends in this. Yeah, it, it's it maybe it's because no one else is around. Yeah, with like for uh, Tommy to like better. Yeah, <laughs> and leave her out. Which which as you see in this episode, actually going back to our psychology of Angelica. When when she feels left out, she says, I know, Cynthia, let's start a club. It's called the Club for All People Whose Name Isn't Tommy. Yes. (laughs) It's a continuing thing. When they finally get back to uh, Stu and Dee Dee and they all get in the car, they decide that they've driven far enough they don't want to go to the Grand Canyon anymore. (laughs) Look, Stu. Why don't we go to the Clam Canyon instead? Can you imagine this, like in the middle, of, in the middle, in the <laughs> in the middle of the Arizona desert, like a water a water world kind of place, which in itself would probably happen and probably exists in Arizona. But the seafood, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one last thing back in the diner. The last thing that uh, Stu reads is the south of the border order jalapeno meatloaf smothered in mole sauce. Mole sauce. <laughs> Which as a little kid, I wouldn't have gotten what mole sauce was. Obviously, it's mole, or even if that's pronounced it correctly. But 
good Mexican food, but... <laughs> I also have written down in my notes, scallop potatoes. Scallop potatoes. I, I, I like listening to Stu read off the items on the menu and would actually listen to more because of the soothing sounds of uh, the late, great Jack Riley's voice. I would listen to a tape of just him, like, <laughs> reading a menu. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> that, <laughs> that could probably put me to sleep, like, in 10 seconds. <laughs> but what if in you what way. if you went to sleep and you missed something? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they end up at the Clam Canyon, and Stu and Dee Dee are enjoying some shellfish of a sort. Stu has a giant bucket of it and is eating it with his just his mouth, and Dee Dee a little bit more dainty with a fork. I personally, when I eat my shellfish, I just eat straight from the shell. How about you? I don't eat uh, oysters very often. I mean, um, neither do I, but... Uh, I guess I've eaten it with a fork. Loser. <laughs> I mean, I, I may have had, like shellfish like that like once or twice ever. do you like do you like mussels i mean i haven't had them okay <laughs> uh that's my favorite shellfish i could just eat like a pile of fucking mussels they're so good but anyway they're and tommy and angelica of course because little kids apparently don't eat seafood they're enjoying what looks like an orange ice cream or something angelica being the good doll parent she is gives cynthia a bite by shoving her whole head into it <laughs> She has a lot of good moments with Angelica in this. I think one we didn't mention is... You heard me, Cynthia. You're cranky, and you need a nap. So take a nap! <laughs> After she had been playing nicely with her just seconds before. <laughs> Angelica's mental state going all over the place. The uh, Rugrats theory. Yeah, I was just going to say the unfortunate Rugrats theory, which we have given new life. <laughs> At least we're not Billy and Ford. <laughs> Billiam Ford, I'm sorry. That won't make any sense until you hear... Uh, Wait a minute, that was the last episode. Yep, that was the last that episode. That was, okay, so it will make sense if you're listening in order. Billiam Ford can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tommy, to close out the episode, mentions... You know what, Angelica? This Clam Canyon is great, but I think I had even more fun at the Graham Canyon. It's Grand Canyon! <laughs> Cynthia, it's impossible to teach babies anything. As we alluded to at the beginning of this episode, this is the season finale of Rugrats Season 1. So next week on the show, we'll have our very, very special and awesome interview with uh, Michael Bell coming out. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I listened to it again today. He's fucking hysterical. I would love to hang out with that guy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't irritate the hell. <laughs> <laughs> with our shitty Skype or whatever the fuck happened. But yeah, so after that, for a few weeks, things will probably be a little bit different on the show. I am moving soon because I got a new job, so I have to move a couple hours away. So we're probably going to do some things that don't rely so heavily on samples like our current episodes. So maybe some audio, co more audio commentaries. If we can get them, maybe interviews. And we'll probably do a look back at the entire season one. So if you're excited for us to jump right into season two of the show, sorry, <laughs> we're going off the we're going off the uh, off the trail for a while here. Off the grid. Off the grid. <laughs> yeah, off the grid. We'll uh, try to make you laugh for a few weeks as we, uh, you know, get prepared again to bring you the rest of the good regrets. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, if we have to wait a really long time, maybe we can find the kid that attacked you with a baseball bat and have him as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go back to his house and beat him up? 
<laughs> no, he was older and bigger than me. And you were just Actually, a baby. A few years later, I uh, <laughs> I saw him coming out of his apartment, <laughs> and I gave him the finger, and he <laughs> saw me and proceeded to chase me, and I ran to the uh, nearest church and hid behind the bushes. <laughs> but he found me, he picked me up, and he slapped me on the ground. <laughs> what the fuck? What a dick. <laughs> now I want to go into, like, psychoanalysis of this kid. But that's probably outside the scope of this program. (laughs) (laughs) Or you know what? There's a twist here. That kid became Billiam Ford. Oh, no. (laughs) I did not get beat up by that kid. Do not. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't that much of a loser. So anyway, the second half of uh, this episode, episode 13, segment two is Stewmaker's Elves. Uh, Yes. And in this episode, uh, well, first of all, First off, it was written by uh, Steve Vixton and Joe Ansaliba here, who uh, have the most uh, episodes written for season one, I believe, at six. And some of the best and maybe the worst as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, As far as the rest of the show goes, I haven't really looked into who writes them yet. But as far as season one, they're the most like right ahead of Paul Germain Hmm. and uh, Craig Bartlett. So anyway. Stewmaker's Elves. Okay. I got myself confused for a second because of how I started this and the, uh, my special segment for later on. Oh, he, has a, he didn't tell me he has a special segment. <laughs> Mr. Mucklehoney has ordered 15,000 Patty Pants dolls by the end of the week, and Stu's automated assembly line is only churning out abominations. <laughs> <laughs> and to make matters worse, the babies have accidentally thrown Tommy's new favorite toy down into the basement. <laughs> Will Stu's business survive these natural mischief makers journey to wreck up the place? (laughs) I thought you were going to refer to Tommy and Chucky as natural disasters. (laughs) Natural disasters. Babies are just natural disasters. Uh, Did you ever have a plane like that when you were a kid? Not like that one specifically, but no. (laughs) Because I don't remember. I don't remember something specifically like exactly like that. But I remember like they would have like the book fair at school. In addition to having books, they would sell these little like shitty cheap toys. And one of them was like two pieces of cardboard, two or three pieces of cardboard that you put together to make an airplane. And it had like a little plastic nose. So like it hit the wall. Yeah, Yeah. I did have those. And I remember really specifically once I was probably in first or second grade and my neighbor Ben was over and we were playing with it in our in my living room and I was throwing it and it hit one of my mom's picture frames on the wall and it fell and the picture frame broke. And like, I was like mortified for my life because my mom is a crazy lady and I managed to hang it up. It was like, she'll never know. (laughs) And and then my mom got home and like you walk in like where we put our shoes and uh, in the house I grew up in and immediately to the left is hanging is the picture. And she happens to look and without missing a fucking beat, she sees the crack down the side of the fucking picture frame. And she's like, what happened to my picture? And I started like trying to explain. And then my Ben's like, <laughs> my quote unquote friend, Ben, he's like, well, Matthew threw the plane and it fell. And I was like, thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Little kids. And I got in trouble. So anyway, long story short, if you have these toys, bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get toy planes. What do you think the babies would do with like one of those like bottle rockets not like for the fourth of july but (laughs) like what they yeah like like that like model rockets i guess you should uh you know what i'm what i'm talking about that also launch yeah i think like i've seen them on 
TV shows. Yeah, least. exactly, exactly. Like, I've never actually... Well, actually, no, that's not true. I got one at a flea market once when I was little, <laughs> and I had no idea how to put it together, so I just... It got, like, destroyed. Uh, but... <laughs> but anyway, yes, Tommy's new favorite toy is this little clown glider plane. It's my newest favorite toy in the whole world. My Zippo glider plane. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they're throwing it around their uh, little playpen area. I think they're in their playpen. I think they're out in the open, actually. Oh, you're right. They are out in the open. And, and they're doing like tricks, grabbing it out of the air. And... Yeah. Chucky has a Chucky cannot throw it well because it's Chucky. And he has a funny moment where he throws it and immediately like spins around and slams into like uh, a grate. <laughs> I can't do anything right. That's For a never been there before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that 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 little bit just feels so real to me. Yeah. Maybe it's because I broke a, a picture frame. Grates <laughs> <laughs> in the floor. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, that reminds me. I tried uh, figuring out the layout of the Pickles house, <laughs> and I've got like the entryway, the playpen area, and the kitchen down, but. Anytime you veer away from there, I don't think they're 100% not accurate, but 100% consistent with it. That's where you enter the dream world. (laughs) (laughs) It's a quick transport to the mirror world. You're like walking around and then suddenly it looks like your house and your wife is there and you're like, hey, Stacy. And she goes, I'm not (laughs) Stacy. But yeah, they're throwing the plane around and it winds up going down the open basement to Stu's workshop where his new machine is. And earlier in the episode, as alluded to in the uh, intro, he needs to make 15,000 of his toy, which was previously alluded to in a special delivery. I patty think pants, the the patty pants doll. But yeah, yeah in special pa- delivery. Was Tina trousers? The, that was the official doll yep. and his is patty pants. Yep. Although this one looks nothing like the patty pants in that episode, no. but <laughs> that one had like blue hair. Yeah. And talked and talked. And they, uh, this one's more like just like it looks like a wooden doll with a wig mm. on it. But anyway, he's invented this automated machine that puts it together for him, except it puts it together wrong. It puts <laughs> feet where the ears should go. It puts the butt on the neck <laughs> and the head on the butt. Head on the butt, butt on the neck. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> we just got to make sure they get the right idea in mind. But uh, and uh, yeah, it's a it's like a fucking nightmare. Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian nightmare or a, something <laughs> that Moreau would make in Resident Evil yeah. Village. <laughs> Did he make things? <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a oh, file yeah, that you find. He made the kadoo, didn't he make the kadoo? He used the kadoo and made lichens because he used the wolf's blood because like uh, okay. his methods were causing people to bleed to death. <laughs> so he wasn't completely useless. I like how we gravitate towards the most pathetic member of that game. <laughs> he was so funny. <laughs> so yeah, and and uh, Mr. Mucklehoney has the only other reference to him in the series. He has uh, enlisted, I assume, as an independent contractor, Stu, to make these. Yeah, I wonder if they were ever planning on bringing him back originally, because they kind of mentioned him like here. And uh... the only other time I can think of. Yeah, this is the only other time I can think of mentioning him, but they maybe they were trying to keep things uh, more have more continuity. Yeah, in this first season, it seems like there's more things like continuity, because not only yeah. is it Mr. Mucklehoney, but there's also the Patty Pants doll. 
the uh, snow trick them and steel yes. is referenced again. Little things like that. Yeah, so it's. I almost wonder if, like, were they trying to build more of, like, a world outside of, like, the immediate cast of characters, which I would have loved to see more of, to be honest, but... An alternate Rugrats. <laughs> if season now, one had continued. You have to admit, though, like, when you think... When you were looking back on Rugrats before we rewatched this, the ones you remembered were season two onward for the most part. Um... <sighs> I don't know. I I remember a lot of the season one episodes, but at the same time, I guess I didn't have that delineation in my head. I mean, I remembered them, but like the ones that instantly came to mind. The quote unquote iconic ones. Yeah. And I didn't have that delineation in my mind either. What I'm saying is that, uh, you know, even though we liked the direction the first season was going in, that the later seasons stuck with us. Yeah. Just as much, if not more. Yeah, and that's we we crow about season one all the time, but that's not to say seasons two and three aren't great. And it will be fun to cover them once we get through this uh, weird period I alluded to earlier. So, yeah, as we mentioned before, they throw the plane down to the basement and uh, they put together like some rappel gear. (laughs) Somehow they get rope They get rope. They wrap it around that little like baby gate. Yeah, <laughs> they climb over the top of it. They have pillows wrapped around their butts, Those cushions. Yeah, uh, and Chucky looks down and he remembers <laughs> a strange dream he had. I'm in this white room and it's so bright and somebody's holding me upside down and then he spikes me and I'm crying, crying. I always remembered that scene from when I was little because even as a little kid, I got I got it that that's yeah. when he was being born. But something that made me laugh upon rewatching it is Tommy putting his hand on Chucky's shoulder and saying, I have that same dream, Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know, I guess the modern equivalent of it or the adult equivalent of it would be like somebody talking about a dream where they were abducted by aliens or something. (laughs) Baby PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a good example. So, yeah, they they eventually slip and tumble all the way down, luckily on their pillows and not on their soft baby heads, just on the soft things <laughs> on their butts. <laughs> so, yeah, they find a bunch of uh, junk down in the basement. This is where my dad goes all day. <laughs> I noticed there's a box labeled babes. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what that's all about. Don't let Dee Dee see that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's one she of his inventions. She knows she's not allowed in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where another rug race begins. Have you seen the movie <laughs> Slither? Uh, not for a really long time. I don't really remember it. Okay. Well, I remember enjoying it. It's a really good one, but uh, yeah. Like a horror comedy, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was James Gunn. That's why one of the, the other reasons I remember it. Everything from... Tromeo and Juliet to Slither to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. What an ascent that guy had. I know. <laughs> I don't want to alienate myself with the listeners, but not a big fan of the Marvel movies. <laughs> no, I'm not either. I mean, I've seen a handful of them. They're okay. Like, I've I've been dragged to theaters to see them, but, like, I could not care. If I never saw another one, could not care less. Yeah, I'm, I guess superheroes in general I'm not too big on, but I did remember... Like, really liking the animated Batman and Superman shows like yeah. in the 90s. I didn't wa- I didn't appreciate them as a kid then, but I, f- I have a feeling I'd love them now because they were another car- one of those cartoons that had more of an adult 
sort of bend to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Mark Hamill in that is like so great. Iconic. Yeah, I can't believe like <laughs> I feel like uh, he does the Joker better than he does Luke Skywalker. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's old now. <laughs> I mean, even when he was young. <laughs> also, for any Star Wars fans out there, The Last Jedi sucks. <laughs> for any uh, Star Wars fans out there, they all suck. <laughs> hurted our feelings because he likes star trek but then so do i so i can't make fun of him for it if you liked picard i would make fun of you because that show fucking sucks a lot of people every article i read talks about how it had great reviews what the fuck are you watching there's a line in aliens where sigourney weaver wakes up after having been in cryo sleep for 57 years spoiler alert to anybody out there and she's going under an inquest to like ask about what happened to her ship in the first movie and she's told him the same story over and over again. And she says, did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? <laughs> it's like, apparently they did since Picard was away. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They got to stop making shows the way they do now. Get rid of Alex Kurtzman, too. <laughs> just get rid of him. Throw him in a <laughs> fire pit. <Throw> him in- <laughs> I was just going to say a dumpster. You said a fire pit. <laughs> that reminds me. I just uh, I just watched The Land Before Time with stacy uh the original we started recording now and uh i don't know if you remember this but like three quarters of the way through the movie uh they've confronted the sharp tooth a couple of times the t-rex or t-rex like dinosaur that's been trying to eat them and littlefoot goes let's get rid of him once and for all we're gonna drop a big rock on his head and when he falls in the water he's got little arms and he can't swim (laughs) So they plan. This is the only kids movie I've ever seen where the heroes plan to murder <laughs> bad guy by drowning, no less, by hitting him in the head and drowning him. That first Land Before Time is a pretty dark movie. Like the ones yeah. after that are just. I mean, I, 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 as a little kid, I really, really loved them because I loved dinosaurs. But like after the, the first one, grown ups can watch and enjoy still. After that, they're just like dumb kids movies. Uh, it, it's like season four on of Rugrats. But that that first Land Before Time, that is a fucking dark movie. Yeah, they start turning into musicals. I remember. Yeah, it's... I remember singing with my cousins. Big, 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 big water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I got that far or else I blocked it out. This is what happens when you go into the basement of the Pickles house. We start talking about Star Trek, the Land Before Time and throwing Alex Kurtzman in, Kurtzman in a fire pit. Well, Littlefoot's mother's down there. <laughs> <laughs> is that where the sharp tooth threw her? Yeah. <laughs> and Stu's basement. Threw her into a canyon, and it broke through into the Pickles' basement. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, so, like, is it her fossil 65 million years later? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're building, like, lore. This is, this is the Rugrats Land Before Time expanded universe. It's her current rotten carcass. Um, okay, this is maybe a little graphic when I'm talking about a beloved cartoon character's mother. I mean, we... Who was brutally murdered by a T-Rex. I've done it before, but I haven't mentioned rotting. <laughs> Adam draws the line at rotting when it comes to beloved children's characters. <laughs> they can die, be thrown off cliffs, be caught on fire, be eaten. Speaking of dead animals... <laughs> Chucky finds a moose head on the wall. Hey, moose, where's the rest of you? And then he gets caught in a mattress. That 
Mattress Boy. That's what they'll call me, Mattress Boy. He's never even like been bullied like that before, and he's already <laughs> imagining what they'll do to it. Do you think that's like Chaz like talking? Like <laughs> it, it's like him picking up on it. It's not something you really see in season one. It's but just what happens to Chaz when he goes out in public? <laughs> <laughs> and we do see some of that in season two and three. Look at the nerd over there and this little nerd kid. <laughs> And then they try out a mattress and then Chaz gets stuck in it in a public place. And they're like, look, it's mattress guy. And then Chucky's like, <gasps> and it's like Doug all of a sudden where he has like all these thoughts, like he has like his thoughts of like everyone pointing at him and laughing. <laughs> oh, God. That reminds me of the lost episode uh, that they talked about where Chucky gets his like head caught between like the uh, poles and like the stairs or something. And I swear to God, I saw that as a kid. I know they didn't release it. So yeah. I know that, uh, I don't know, something in my brain is wrong about it. It's like one of those, do you know the Berenstein Bears thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like that. It's weird how you interpret things as a little kid like that. Or like imagine things or like things happen in movies in your brain and you see them again. And you're like, that never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I think I already talked about this. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or somewhere else, if it was even left in an episode. But Tales from the Crypt and uh, I thought Danny DeVito was in an episode and it was Joe Pesci. Yeah, that was last week's episode. That's yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was recent. <laughs> and I, I think I grew up thinking the same thing. Also, I like how you knew right away when I said chainsawed up the middle <laughs> what I was talking about. <laughs> when it comes to being chainsawed into pieces, Adam knows what he's talking about. When I think of somebody being chainsawed in half, I think of Danny DeVito, even though it was Joe Pesci. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. You harbor love in your heart, even from a young age, for Danny DeVito. So in order for you to actually view that as a horror show, you had to imagine it was Danny DeVito because you didn't want it to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> so you were psychologically replacing him. <laughs> I mean, I think I was fond enough of Joe Pesci, too, him being in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Casino? No. That's a great movie that he's in. The fuck word gets said a lot in it. I remember growing up and watching it on TV. Fuck is said so much that they couldn't release it on TV and bleep it. So every time they say fuck, it's like freak. Like there's a point where like the main character's wife is like yelling at him. She's like, freak you, freak you, Sam Rothstein, freak you. <laughs> it just goes on and on. But uh, yeah, Joe Pesci, Casino, good movie. Martin Scorsese, right? Yes, Casino was directed by Martin Scorsese. So anyway, theoretically, we're doing a show about Rugrats here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Mattress Boy. Let's get back to Mattress Boy. So yeah, long before he was Worm Boy in the reboot, he was Mattress Boy. He's going to be stuck there forever. <laughs> and Tommy manages to get him out and then gets uh, stuck inside the moose head. And it looks okay. like maybe Chucky's afraid for a few seconds, like the moose is just with him and he doesn't know it's Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his mouth is like a gape. <laughs> and then he's on a skateboard with the moose head going around the basement. Having some doing some cool tricks. <laughs> There's when they crash into all of Stu's inventions and stuff. Chucky says, wow, what is this place? And then he says, are we in heaven, Toby? And uh, I think I already joked with you that I could have done a regret space just on that line. Oh, yeah. With yeah. 
where uh, now Chucky has finally met his end, sadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> he sees a big lion down there, and I also already said this to Matthew, but he sounds like Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> I love that lion! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I get the impression that, like, Stu probably sees Chucky over all the time, and he's like, oh, I got an idea. I'll make a toy based off of my friend's kid. It'd be funny if he accidentally did that. <laughs> like subconsciously. He actually he actually made it years ago, and he was making it after Chaz from when they were yeah. kids. <laughs> I think, like, I don't know if it's just the reboot or something somewhere implies that they knew each other since they were young. I think in the original series, that's a thing. I think it's not till season two, though, considering Chaz only shows up like once with a speaking role. Yeah, I mean, what he's he's in the line of the theater in the movie theater episode. Is it just called? At, in, yeah, at the movies. He's in the background of barbecue story and he says, Chucky, which if you had not seen the later episodes, you would have no idea that that was actually him. But yeah, he as far as being a more regular speaking character, not till season two or three. But so, anyway, um, the, <laughs> the babies end up in the patty pants machine and they start getting various baby parts jammed into their various <laughs> orifices yeah because the the plane is on top of it so they're trying to get to it yep and then they slide down a little slide and they turn the machine to forward yeah also something i wanted to note here is the little robotic arm like that like in in the uh, post office episode special delivery I, I like the idea. I, I think as a little kid, I thought that's how a lot of machines were that like had hooks like actual human hands. <laughs> and they were like, smart and could just pick stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is the second time Tommy gets in drag. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He gets the wig put on his head. They both get dresses put on them and both get wigs put on them. So they they slide down the, the slide and they turn it to going forward. So now the machine is actually properly making these dolls. And I would love to get an engineer on this show to like say the purposes of building a forward and backward or forward and reverse button on, <laughs> on a manufacturing device. The reverse is to tear the dolls apart. <laughs> For shipping uh, or melting down. It's easier to melt dolls down if they're in pieces. Tommy doesn't does not manage to grab the plane and he falls into the bin of all the Patty Pants dolls. <laughs> And Chucky is too scared, but for this season finale, he gets to be the hero when he's inspired by say, uh, Tommy saying, You can do it, Chucky! And he gets that look on his face. He's like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> and we get the great little slow motion jump by Chucky. You know, I just thought of something. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say for a second, how did they get back out? But then I remembered Stu comes down and says, hey, what's going on in here? How'd that machine get turned on? And he carries a box upstairs. Yeah, he carries them up in a box and it and uh, Dee Dee even looks in the box and she goes, oh, they're just wonderful, Stu. And so lifelike. <laughs> she's looking at Tommy and Jackie. <laughs> Which is the second reference to them being lifelike. The E.T. <laughs> joke. Well, they never say E.T. looks lifelike when he's hiding amongst the dolls, but Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to bring E.T. up. Oh, God. No, no I'm OK. <laughs> but yeah, Tommy, Tommy uh, talks about how they had a neat little adventure and he got his plane back because of Chucky and he finally gives Chucky a turn to throw it and it promptly goes back down to the base base. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
and that takes us to the end of this segment and the end of season one. So uh, there we have it. We're <laughs> done with the. We're done with the show. I think Adam's energy is dying. His batteries are dying. We're done with the show. Uh, I hope you liked our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert: When I said things are changing, I meant we're quitting. That's not no, true. No, we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. You can't get rid of us. You'll be. It might be 17 years later, like these horrible <laughs> cicadas that are <laughs> plaguing town. I have not seen a single one, and they're plaguing your town. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> they're pretty localized. <laughs> I sent Matthew a video of me grabbing them and throwing them off my porch as they scream at me. I didn't realize that they screamed when you grabbed them because I never want to <laughs> touch bugs. I was kind of like a. I don't know. I didn't want to pick any up for a long time, but it got to the point where there's so many of them <laughs> that they were like landing on you. When I opened my door in the morning, there'd be like a dozen of them around my door frame, all screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining you shooting them with like a garden hose or a super soaker or something. No, uh, it, they're starting to die off. Uh, <laughs> they only come out for a few weeks. They live 17 years underground. And, uh, <laughs> Come out for a few weeks to annoy everybody. <laughs> hey, buddy. Get out of here. A lot of people are trying to eat them. I think that's gross. Also, uh, bug just, protein. I don't think it's sustainable either because they come out once every 17 years. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but, you know, there's like a few thousand less of them <laughs> breeding. So, you know, just let them do their damn thing. Maybe it's like, uh, you know, the ramps that you find in the woods. They're like the yeah. cross between garlic and, and uh, onion. And they, they, they take like years to grow and, like, <laughs> and are not sustainable. Oh, so are you saying cicadas are the ramps of the bug world? Yeah, except they're like even worse because the, <laughs> they live underground for 17 years. And, <laughs> and they scream when they come out. And when you pave paradise and put up a parking lot, <laughs> they get trapped under <laughs> So underground, you just hear screaming coming through the sidewalk. <laughs> you're just like you're just walking in a parking lot and all of a sudden you hear thousands of screams coming from underground. <laughs> the cicadas are like, we're we we can't escape hell. Can you imagine if ramps screamed? You went into the woods and you pulled them out of the ground. and They just started screaming. Or if there was a plant that did start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but they used to think a mandrake or whatever looked like people or grew and you could replace a person with it or something. Huh? Cause when you pull it out, it kind of looks like it's got a head, arms and legs, like just the generic body shape. Not like, yeah. And I think that's if you get lucky too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but anyway, yeah, I think D and D talks about them. Mm. They're like a real plant, but they don't yeah. do anything magic. They don't actually turn into monsters or whatever. No, <laughs> And uh, that reminds me, uh, well, it doesn't remind me. This is a completely separate train of thought. <laughs> I uh, I watched uh, Ernest Goes to Camp yesterday. I've oh, been man. watching a lot of 90s and 80s movies. I was hoping you were going to say I've been watching a lot of Ernest movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the one this week anyway. And uh, you want to guess who was in it? Michael Bell? No, uh, Scott Menville. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> a young Scott Menville. <laughs> before his voice changed. <laughs> <laughs> so did he just sound like kevin french uh no he just sounded like a little kid <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate 
his voice was like maybe starting to change a little bit. He was like probably 11, 12 or something. Is that the one where in the end, Ernest has like a bunch of explosives tied to his golf cart and he like rams it into something to blow it up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I just like invented that in my brain. Man, Ernest. I was just thinking about him a couple weeks ago and randomly read all about him on, on the Wikipedia. If we do end up getting Scott Menville on at some point, which I would very much love to do. <laughs> we'll just talk uh, about Mission Hill. I will ask him if he's got any Jim Varney stories. Was he like his character? He is apparently a nice guy from what I've heard. Like anytime anybody did like a make a wish thing, he'd show up in person. Oh, and that's like, cool. And he'd do special things like based on the kids letters. I think I read that when he at the time he died, they were still working on like a couple Ernest movies. I don't know if any of them had been shot, but like they were at least in like pre-production or. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, most of the later ones are pretty bad. How, how did you find Ernest Goes to Camp upon rewatching it? Charming, sometimes funny. Yeah. Jim Varney <clears throat> is just fun to watch. Oh, yeah, you know, for even sure. If he's being he's just a goof. Didn't he start in like a pizza commercial or something? Yeah, he was a co commercial character. His character was in commercials. Same with that fat guy and the old guy that are with him. <laughs> they were in separate commercials and they just jammed them together and made a movie. I actually think at first they made a TV show. Hey, Vern, it's Ernest. Yeah, yeah. And then they made some movies after that. And uh, then The Simpsons made fun of him. And then he was on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works, man. That's like that's that's like a story of the 80s. Something goes crazy on like a commercial and then you get a TV series and then a movie series <laughs> and you only play one character for the rest of your life. Ernest is like, a, though, he is several characters in one. I especially <laughs> am a fan of the old lady character in the neck brace. The doctor told me I'd only have to wear these until after the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I barely, man, I, now I need to sit back and watch like an Ernest movie. Maybe we could do an audio, audio commentary on an Ernest movie in the future, because that's what people want out of a Rugrats podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Adam has said that he has a special surprise segment, so uh, let's hear it. Last time on Rug Race, a lost Rugrats episode. <laughs> Mr. Bucklehoney had a dream of Tommy as a bunch of meatballs and his spaghetti. <laughs> and it awoke dark urges in him. And so he set up a meeting with Stu so that he could, you know, get over to the pickles place and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Here we go. I did it. My uncle's contacts in the FBI found the second part of our lost Rugrats episode. <laughs> Any mention of it was redacted from the FBI's notes regarding the contents of Anthony Weiner's laptop, which was seized before the 2016 presidential election. <laughs> I had to pull some strings, do some favors, sell some people out. Sorry, John. <laughs> but it was all worth it to get my hands on another piece of this puzzle. Invest in Digestion Part 2. Starts out with the exterior of the Pickles residence and it's early afternoon. We open on Mr. McElhoney's message being replayed on the Pickles answering machine. Stu is sitting next to the phone listening with his forehead in his hand and a defeated look on his face. Dee Dee says, Stu, you know listening to that message isn't going to change anything. Stu gets up. I know, Deed. But what happened to common courtesy? At least give a guy 24 hours notice. Lou Pickles walks into the fr frame and he's irritated. I don't know what the big deal is. In my day, a person only needed 15 minutes to prepare for company. And that was if the guest was really important, like the queen. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And Stu says, yeah, you're a real diplomat, Pop. <laughs> Lou goes, <laughs> Dee Dee uh, nervously laughs and says, I'm not sure Mr. Mucklehoney is the kind of guest you can prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Tommy is heard laughing. Stu and Dee Dee look down to see a tra- uh, white trail with of crawl lines and handprints leading from the kitchen to Tommy, who is sitting behind them and smiling as he looks up at them, completely coated in flour. <laughs> Stu sighs and says, let's hope he's ready for Tommy. <laughs> Aditi uh, so picks him up and says, uh, well, let's get you cleaned up. And she holds him his arm's length at arm's length as she walks out of the room. Grandpa Lou begins following and talking at her. The kid's got natural instincts, I'm telling you. Give him a once-over. You won't find one louse or tick. We had a coat spike in flour, too. It being flea season and all. <laughs> then we cut to the exterior again of the Pickles residence. It pans over a few houses where Mr. Mucklehoney is parked and rummaging through his trunk. Inside the trunk is an old-fashioned carpet bag. <laughs> Mr. Mucklehoney opens it up and pulls out an ape mask, a perfume bottle labeled Ape Pheromones, and a cassette tape of jungle sounds. Mr. Mucklehoney says to himself, Ah, shucks, I guess I grabbed my ape-catching kit. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes, Ah, this might work, as he pulls out a banana from his bag. <laughs> Kids <laughs> like bananas. <laughs> his stomach growls again, and he puts his hand on it. As if in response, an evil growling sound comes from the yard of the house he's parked next to. Mr. Mucklehoney turns to see a large do- jow- dog with jowls that almost touch the ground <laughs> and disgusting droll-covered folds all around its mouth. <laughs> the disgusting dog barks <laughs> as, uh, as its eyes and Mr. Mucklehoney's meet. The camera alternates between close-ups of the dogs and Mr. Mucklehoney's faces before finally stopping on Mr. Mucklehoney. He goes, there's something about you that reminds me of myself. <laughs> And he goes back to the trunk and pulls out a leathery ape hand. Here, catch. And he throws it at the dog. He makes his way up to the pickle or the front door of the pickles residence. As the picture begins to pixelate and the video file suddenly stops. Anthony Weiner, the fiend, didn't let his torrent torrent finish downloading. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what den of iniquity the rest of the episode could be residing in or how long it will take to track down. You know, when when you said uh, Pop says he had 15 minutes to prepare for company and that's if it was the queen, I was imagining him as a little kid sleeping with the elephants. (laughs) (laughs) When the queen comes to the carnival. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) He was never in the carnival, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) He was in it for 15 years. Or was it 14? Oh, man, those are so good. We uh, what's really funny is I feel like even though it is a rug race thing, and I think I said this about the last time, that there are elements of it that I think would make just a good Rugrats episode in general. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it like a rig- Rugrats episode that's just a little wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can change it and sell it eventually. We're not going to probably talk about it on or specifics about it, but we were also toying around <laughs> with another idea. For a lost episode, if you remember what that was. It was about them confusing carnivals with funerals. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) I got Uh, some ideas. You know, I mentioned earlier, next week is our interview with Michael Bell. We were both very pleased to find out that one of his favorite characters he's ever done on the show is Mr. Mucklehoney. 
there's a little bit of a spoiler for the interview. Uh, we won't go into it more than that, but the man has good taste. <laughs> yeah. uh, so much, so much comedic potential in that jowly, disgusting dog man. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I want it to end, and I have ideas for the next part. There's gonna, probably going to be four parts total because they're all pretty short. I don't want to monopolize too much time. <laughs> And then eventually we'll actually voice act everything and release it as a special episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe expand on some things. And that's when we get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Fan radio dramas of Rugrats are not welcomed. Uh, <laughs> we, we have to specifically, if we ever sell ads, not do them on those ones. <laughs> <laughs> or do a special delineation saying this portion of the podcast is not sponsored by anyone. Yeah, it's not brought to you by anyone except us and our loser uh, <laughs> awfulness. Our loser awfulness. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that was good. Uh, so, how do you feel now that we're uh, we're done with season one and we found more of your lost episode? <laughs> I feel good. It's like watching a new episode of Rugrats. <laughs> <laughs> it is watching a new episode of Rugrats in your mind. <laughs> You know, it's just like scattered about in places like Anthony Weiner's laptop and uh, Gigi Allen's <laughs> funeral bathroom. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering, like, was your uncle at Gigi Allen's funeral or was he like he just happened to go to the place where his funeral was and the tape was still back there? Uh, he just <laughs> needed to take a piss real bad. <laughs> no, I think I said he was friends with him uh, the I last mean, time. I mean, with his Hollywood connections, that would make sense. <laughs> His Hollywood and his FBI connection. <laughs> so, yeah, how uh, how excited are you to uh, finally have our interview that we recorded, what, two weeks ago out in the world? Very exciting, because like we said before, uh, Michael Bell was super enter entertaining, super candid, uh, very friendly with us. Good sport all around. And I've got to give us some accolades. I think we asked pretty good questions overall. Yeah, I uh, actually, before we started recording on YouTube, I was recommended an interview with him and I was just like, oh, God, this is fucking horrible. Like, I mean, it was still fun. There were some funny moments, but that was primarily primarily because of Michael Bell, not because of the interviewer. I thought we kept up pretty OK with him. Um, maybe everyone's going to tell us otherwise and we're annoying assholes, which we are. But we kept up with Michael Bell, I think. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were entertaining him as well, which was yeah, my hope. I hope so, too. And who knows, maybe we'll get him back on the show someday. <laughs> yeah. Whether for an interview or from the last episode of Rug Rates. <laughs> oh, He's like, what have you done to my precious Mr. Mucklehead? <laughs> well, spoiler, the man has enough of a sense of humor that I think uh, he might fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I mean, we even sort of touch upon a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this is all like uh, leaving nice little crumbs for all of you out there to definitely want to listen to this interview. Maybe and you do like... definitely want to listen to this interview. If you like us, if you like Rugrats, if you're just interested in talk about voice acting and animation, you want to hear this interview. I'll try and stop leaving any more crumbs because at that point it might be just like crushing an entire loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> or like a whole box of saltines. I think Stacy's already sick of me mentioning the interview. <laughs> <laughs> what she said to you. No, she hasn't said anything. I just I've noticed myself saying it multiple times and I'm projecting. <laughs> you, you, you've you've noticed yourself saying that. And then at that moment, you notice that she goes, 
And like you happen to be like your hand happens to be on her wrist and you can feel her like pulse quicken. (laughs) (laughs) I happen to notice her Googling divorce papers. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by murder. She might not like that joke. (laughs) The divorce papers, the murder one she might think is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see when she listens to the episode. But yeah, anything uh, you want to close out with before uh, we leave the lovely folks that listen to this podcast uh, off to their regular lives for another week? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, spread the word if you feel like it. (laughs) Do it. Do it. Yeah. Inflate our egos, at least. (laughs) If we never make money off of it, let's at least feel like everybody likes us and that we're so cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes share our share our stuff around uh if you've seen a new episodes out give us a retweet and say listen to these dipshits even if you say listen to these awful assholes they're the worst podcast ever but listen uh, for your grandma who's never watched rugrats <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right our, our podcast is good for grandma <laughs> it's also good for moms but anyway, that, another fun episode, uh, another fun week of the show. Again, for the 15 millionth time, Michael Bell interview next week, 7 p.m. on Sunday. We think you're really going to like it. And be there. Be there or be a loser. <laughs> at least share that episode. At yeah, least at least share the, the Michael Bell interview. He deserves it. Yes, we don't. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week here on Because I've Lost Control of My Life. Thanks so much for listening. Like what you heard? Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Show me how you get whistle.